Hi, my name is Caitlin Malinowski, and I am your host of the IAUG Insider Podcast, the home of exclusive interviews with Avaya and IAUG industry leaders on the latest telecommunications news, trends, and best practices. Hey everyone, welcome back to the series finale of the IAUG Insider Podcast. Today we had the opportunity to chat with Oscar Moncada. He is the Director of Global IT Operations at Tesla, as well as the IAUG Board of Directors Vice President. We got to learn a lot about Oscar and I think there were some things that might surprise you. So stay tuned and enjoy. Hey, Oscar, how are you doing today? Hey, Kaylin. Hey, doing good. Good. I'm glad to hear it. So uh, as I'm sure you know, a little bit of what we're doing with this IT landscape of IT series is talking a little bit about your experience with IT, where you see it going, um, how you've been doing with it in the past few years. So I'm going to start off with an easy one. Um, what is your title? So I'm currently Global Director of IT Operations at Tesla. Oh, awesome. And how long have you been there? So I'm getting close to eight years. So I, I started uh, shortly before we started manufacturing Model S. So I've been here for uh, for most of the way. Oh, wow. That's a really cool company to work for, I bet. <laughs> so how long have you been in the industry of IT and telecom as a whole? Altogether, I think, um, I think I've reached 20 years um, in 2019. So I, um, I started out um, just kind of tinkering like most people do, you know, kind of always just wanted to be hands-on, um, tinkering, taking things apart. And it just kind of evolved. Um, my original dream job was wanting to be a race car driver. And, uh, that was a bit out of reach, but I still wanted to be hands-on with cars or hands-on with something. So that kind of turned into an IT career. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. So what did you go to college for? So I actually did not go to college. So I, I was self-taught. Um, so early on, you know, when when I was in my teens, um, I was observing the whole dot-com uh, bubble from afar. I was living in the in the uh, in the East Coast at that time in, in Richmond, Virginia, and um, I was just kind of observing um, the Microsofts of the world, um, just the the whole dot-com boom, and I, I wanted to be a part of it. And I thought, oh. I live in Virginia. I'm never going to get out to California. This is kind of, you know, uh, never going to happen. And um, but over time, um, I just again, I wanted to be hands on and want to be a part of it. And they weren't really teaching those courses in school. I mean, like you could, you could get a degree in information systems or computer science, but you would get out of school and 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 still lack lots of or you know really hands on experience. So I thought, well. Um, I'm going to try the, 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 the certification route and uh, just I did a lot of self-paced learning, uh, bought all the books, did all the certification tests on my own and, and tested out of it. And, and um, as I got, you know, work experience, I just kind of kept progressing my career. So, you know, IT I is, is, is much like a like a trade. Um, if you go into software development or computer programming, yeah, then you know, you, a computer science degree would help or information systems, but um, and, you know, not for the rest of IT. Wow. So what was your first position? What did you start out with? So, yeah, this was, yeah, back in, 
99 or 2000. Um, I started out as a field technician for an on-site computer re repair company. So the, the name of the company was called P-Cross Computers, and it stood for Personal Computer Repair On-Site Service. And um, I would get dispatched to either um, a business or, or, or residence to fix their IT issues. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't be told what the problem was. I just said, you know, I would just give it an address, show up here and, and fix whatever issue that was. So I was kind of thrown into the fire early on. And um, that was right after my A-plus certification, which is just, you know, the foundation for just, um, you know, barely scratching the surface on hardware and software. And I was just, hey, show up here, fix their problem, and then I would just move on to the next one. So it, it was actually a good learning experience. And at that time, Google didn't really – you couldn't really search much of anything like as far as like error codes. You know, nowadays you can just Google anything. It'll tell you how to fix the problem. But back in, back in the day, you know, this was before smartphones, you know, had a pager, and um, you were just really on your own trying to figure it out. Wow. So – as somebody who's more of a self-starter, you taught yourself from the beginning. How do you maintain and continue educating yourself with things changing left and right? I'm sure it's hard to keep up. So what are some of your best ways of making sure that you're up to date on the most recent tech and how it works and everything in the industry? Yeah, you know, I'm certainly a lot less hands on these days, but um, certainly working for Tesla's help. You know, we are on the cutting edge not only on the product side, on you know the the vehicles that we have and solar and and the energy business and everything that we're doing, but internally, as, as far as what tools we use, we you know we're using the latest and greatest. So my 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 skills have been kept up to date simply because of the environment that that you know mm -hmm. we built that we work in. Um, so it's been rather easy, um, you know, implementing and and supporting just because it's a when, when something new comes out, we, we are pushing the limits on what we need, what we're looking for. And, and a lot of, in some cases, some of the things that we're looking for are not even out on the market yet. So I can, I can recall before um, the Zooms of the world came into place where wireless presenting um, was, you know, it, it was a need at Tesla. Hey, we want to get rid of the, all these cables. You know, we, we wanted our workplace to look just like, um, the the interior of a tesla you know very minimalist and it was hey let's get rid of all these cables let's make our uh, workplace look sleek and clean and uncluttered and and so we were looking at multiple ways to get wireless printing in our conference rooms going so you know many times you know we're pushing our partners our vendors to come out with solutions to meet our needs so um you know, certainly, uh, I think that's probably the, been the biggest help. And obviously, um, you know, I, I haven't gotten a certification in a while, but um, you know, just you know, reading IT news for the most part will will keep me up to date. As the director of IT, I'm sure you're doing a lot less of the hands-on IT work. But do you see yourself working? you know, a lot in, are you and your team working a lot in the telecom range of things? Or are you more focusing in on working in the IT world and, and how, you know, the telecom role has kind of been absorbed by that IT role? Is that something that you've felt as you've come up through the, sure. the years? Sure. Yeah. So I, I own, I do own telecom or telephone or unified communications, whatever you want to call it. I do own that at Tesla. Um, and, and, 
and throughout my career, throughout the, the, the evolution of my career, I've, I've, I've owned at different places and in some places I haven't. Um, but it's, it's always been a part of, uh, what I've done. So it's, it's, um, it's been, e you know, it's been easy, but the, the, the first major phone system that I supported was, uh, it was an Avaya S8700. It was a digital system. I supported a, a large contact center environment for, uh, a mortgage company. So this was again, during another boom, this is during the mortgage boom. Um, and uh, this was when loans were going crazy, and you know, surely a, a few years later, it, you know, we had the the crash. But um, I supported two very large call centers, um, and uh, they were, um, you know, we were we were using skills uh, throughout calls based off of um, state licensing for our mortgage brokers, based off of language, based off a bunch of different things, refi or uh, or if the loan was being originated. Um, but um, also did a lot of support for, um, you know, we had a lot of um, brick and, and, and mortar branches, uh, you know, supported 300 or so, so of those domestically. And, and those started out with some Toshiba key systems and then uh, migrated to, to Avaya. Um, but, um, and then over time, you know, that evolved to uh, voice over IP. And, and now we run a multitude of, you know, we run, we run, um, the whole gamut of, of via solutions uh, at Tesla, but it's always been a part of somehow a part of what I've owned, whether it was uh, on the support side for Max, you know, moves, ads, changes, or or responsible for the infra. Uh, but I do own it soup to nuts at Tesla, and then we just work with the business closely on what sort of services uh, they're looking to get out of it. But um, you know, it's it's I haven't although. You know, f f I think for more, most people in IEUG, they've they've made a career of, you know, solely telecom. It, it's always been a mixed uh, bag for me. You know, IT and, and telephony or telecom have, have always been a part of my, my scope. So how do you see sort of the world of telecom and some of the other aspects of IT morphing and changing over the upcoming years? I know it's gone from in your experience, kind of thing to everything. So I'm curious what you think will keep coming and how the world of IT is going to continue changing as the years come and progress. Yeah, you know, just at Tesla alone, we've seen it evolve quite a bit. Um, you know, our, our workforce is very, very mobile. So um, as far as handsets are concerned, um, we don't, you know, for a standard new hire, somebody that's working in in, in a just a, a, a general role, like a general and administrative role, like HR, marketing, IT, so forth and so on. You know, we don't issue a phone to, to any new hires. Um, if it would, if they would like one, hey, we'll we'll, we'll provision something. But for the most part, um, you know, when I first started, everybody got a phone, R regardless of role. There was one on your desk. Um, everybody got one, uh, and then over time, um, the the, the you know, the culture of Tesla was so mobile that it was, you know, we, we started winning off our, our general pop from, from, uh, handsets. And, and that's mostly stayed with our, uh, retail stores and, and service centers, uh, which, you know, they have a standard deployment of, of phones, um, whether it's wireless or handset or, or using the app. And then we have a large contact center environment as well that, that we support, um, I think roughly, you know, 2000 agents. Um, but 
you know, you know, I, I saw it, I've seen it become, Hey, everybody kind of gets the same thing to just, you know, picking and choosing, uh, what we want to get out of it. So, uh, you know, to, to more uh, mobility and I, and I, and I kind of see the, the, the industry kind of going in the same way. Um, it seems like everybody consumes, I, uh, it services a different way. So we're, you know, we're kind of catering to that. And, and, and in fact, Hey, if you, if you don't deploy a phone, Hey, that's, in effect, cost savings as well. So I'm kind of curious. I know you have a lot of experience in telephony and and telecom and all of that, plus your experience working with vehicles. How has the telephony experience within cars changed over the years? I know, you know, they used to have car phones and then they had, now everything has to be hands-free. I'm just curious what you think about that or where you see things in general for cars might go in the future. I know there's all kinds of different things coming out now to work with that. So I'm just kind of curious to get your input on that since you have experience in both fields. Yeah, I think the biggest difference is it's just the evolution of the infotainment system. That's what we call like your navigation, your your sound system, all of those pieces working together. Uh, obviously, um, you know, a lot of um, modern cars have, have, you know, the most common way to connect now is Bluetooth. Um and then you, you know you have wireless charging options available, and and uh, you know Teslas don't quite have the um, the phone home per se, like like the OnStar type thing. You know we we do notify our um, roadside assistance um, agents when an air airbag is deployed and such. So you know we can uh, you know dispatch a tow truck or you know so forth and so on, but. Yeah, there's been a lot more integration with just in in general with with iPhone with with CarPlay, um, but I yeah I think we're just yeah beginning to see that. But overall, uh, not only from um, a, a mobile phone perspective, but um, the trend that we're seeing is um, IoT. You know, the whole entire Tesla fleet is is connected uh, back to what we call the mothership. Um, and, and that's how you get updates. So, you know, on a, on a bi-monthly basis, just like your smartphone would get um, firmware updates, that's how we update the fleet. That's how you get your streaming uh, radio. Uh, that's, how you, that, that's how you get your maps. Um, but, we're, yeah, we're seeing a lot closer integration. So you don't have to drive a lot of that stuff off your mobile device anymore. I think in a, a, the, for sure the, the, the navigation systems that are – um, and, and most cars that are still being deployed today, like somebody would still prefer to use their smartphone for, for, for maps, for ways, for whatever it is, just because of, uh, you know, being traffic aware and, and being, uh, you know, rerouted and, and all that sort of stuff. I, I still see a lot of drivers just, you know, suction cup their, their mobile device to their windshield because it's, it's just, it's so much better to have it on your phone than just using the navigation system at, you know, from your car. And then Tesla's kind of changed that, but yeah, it's, it's evolved quite a bit. We have, we'll have to see if um, we have some sort of uh, phone number or app. You know, we don't have uh, third-party apps on Tesla's yet, but yeah, looking forward to see if we can do some sort of uh, soft phone integration at some point in time. Yeah, that would definitely be really interesting to see in a vehicle. Um, so what kind of changes have you seen in your role now from start to finish, not even, I guess, sort of at, at Tesla, but in where you started 
what you were doing and what you're doing now, how did that path go? Was it pretty pretty quick and linear or did you have a ton of different roles? Were you doing different things day to day? Did it always change? I know, you know, IT and all of that, it's never going to be the same thing every day. So I'm kind of curious to get your input on how you feel like your position has shifted throughout your, your time. You know, yeah, you know, I, I started out essentially as, as a desktop tech and, um, and I always saw IT being such a, a huge tool for the business. So I always stayed very close to the business needs. And I think that's been, um, why I've seen such a, uh, an expedited track to, 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 to being, you know, director head of IT, uh, operations at Tesla, just because I was always staying very close to the business needs. Um, and, and, and being able to translate that for, so there's, um, being able to translate that to, to, to you know, to solutions. So, um, one of my biggest focuses at Tesla is just making IT as simple as we can for everybody and just and removing that barrier of just, we're just trying to simplify everything. But um, I, I do oversee basically every, we've created these teams to cater to every part of the business. So manufacturing, engineering, retail, uh, and then and then corporate, and then and then those teams align to um, other functions internationally. But we've catered our team to be able to service the business. So it's it's impossible for in, in a company this size for everybody kind of to know it all to be able to service every part of the business. So we've we've established teams to to uh, specialize in what they do. So for example, if if we're opening up a store and s- service center. You know, those are technicians that we dispatch to the site to build the out the infrastructure and, and, and somebody on the help desk or somebody supporting a desktop environment at one of our HQ sites wouldn't know. Uh, you know, they would be able to support the site once it was up and running, but not necessarily uh, the inner workings of how to set, set that up. So, um, and, and that's just an example. I think the biggest adjustment was um, supporting manufacturing. Um Manufacturing is not something that you typically see in California or really uh, in the West or, you know, in the U.S. anymore. Yeah, there is some automotive uh, still with Ford and GM and, and some um, international manufacturers that, that do assemble in the U.S., but manufacturing as a whole has been, you know, outsourced to, to, to China, to, to the other Asia-Pacific countries. So, um uh, just you know the, the a lot of the tools that are used in manufacturing are are quite dated and old and legacy so uh, having the team work closely with manufacturing just to get them um, to a, a standard IT level you know that's that's 2019 versus you know what what they're used to has been you know one of the biggest challenges um, but IT does work very closely. Uh, with the business at Tesla, and I think that's one of our biggest biggest advantages, um, and 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 that goes not only as far as the IT infrastructure, but also um, the applications that we use. We we tend not to use um, out of box, off the shelf uh, software suites. For example, you know, for ERP, you know, we don't we we have, we have a homegrown system um, that that we developed very early on. And, and I guess there's two approaches to that. You know, you can buy something off the shelf and you can, uh, you know, customize it to, to, 
you know, to suit your business needs. But that's, you know, that, that anytime you do that, that's, that's, that's very expensive. Or, you know, if, if you do have a startup, you can build something uh, from the start and you kind of grow into it. And, and it's, it's still that, you know, the, the same level of investment, but you'll, you'll have a competitive edge with the homegrown system just because it, it would suit your business needs better than something off the shelf that is suited for a lot of different business functions. Um, but, I, you know, we, we, we try to stay very close to the business needs um, that's, and keeping up with the pace and, and not so much with, with things in the IT world. You know, we'll, we'll build something, uh, uh, you know, and then we'll move on to the next thing. But it's, it's got to be something that can run for, you know, two to three years before we have to um, approach it again. Uh, but that's been successful um, in this environment. So with what you do day to day and with the world of IT kind of growing and changing and becoming bigger and bigger every year, what are some things that you hope to see or are looking forward to seeing in the future? Like maybe with AI or, you know, any kinds of transformations. I'm just, what are some things that you see that you think would be really cool for there to be in the future? Tesla's always on the cutting edge of things. So I just think it'd be really cool to hear what you think is something that's exciting to see coming up. Not necessarily from Tesla, just in general. Sure. Yeah. You know, AI is a big one. It's, it's, It'll be very, yeah. It's, it'll be very interesting to see what happens there. You know, there's there's different takes on it. Some some people are very afraid of it, um, and some people are not worried at all. Um, you know that there, there will be some job elimination, but I think that's going to raise the overall skill set and and um, you know overall lifestyle of, of, of many people. So you know it, you know you won't have jobs that are uh, as you know, you know, very labor intensive or as labor intensive as, as what we're used to. Um, but yeah, you know, you know, many, there's, there's really no standards when it comes to it. Every, every company is kind of developing their own AI. Um, so it could go in many different ways. If, um, every, you know, all these, everybody's looking for a competitive advantage. So that, that is something on my mind. And, and, uh, there's, there's plenty of stuff that you can watch from, our fearless leader uh, from you know at Tesla, Elon, uh, about it. Um, but there, yeah, it's 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 definitely going to be interesting. Um, uh, we'll see. I, that's that's one actually coincidentally that I'm 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 keeping an eye on, and I'm not necessarily worried, but just kind of excited to see what's going to happen. So, with your experience over the years and being kind of that self-starter. What kind of advice would you give to people coming into the telecom and really IT world today? I don't think most people come into it for telecom anymore. But how do you, what would you recommend or give for advice to those people that are just starting out? Um, I think that the major thing is just find something that you like. Um, I think, yeah, you'll be, uh, it's, you know, it's it's rather basic uh, to me. Uh, I think I've uh, I've been successful at Tesla because I've been able to combine my my passion for cars um, and and my career all in one. Um, but it didn't it didn't start out that way. So uh, it definitely makes coming to work easier. But if you can find something that you have um, that you want to be a part of, that you have a passion for, that definitely helps. I, I can't see going back to just working a job. Um, obviously, there's 
um, everybody has different priorities and, and work-life balance and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, it is crazy hectic here and it's challenging and all those things. Um, it's not something that I regret. Um, but uh, I think everybody is looking to get something different out of it. If you have career aspirations, it's always to, it's, it's always easier in my opinion to, to do something that, you know, that you like. So tying it back, you know, like, as I mentioned earlier, Hey, early on, I wanted to just be hands-on. Um, I wanted to take things apart. I figure, you know, figure out how they work, you know, that sort of thing. And, um, I know when I was a kid, I, I, my, my grandfather had a, le- a leather recliner, which I disassembled and I, I could never <laughs> reassemble it. Um, but you know, I, I, I kind of saw, um, that early on and decided, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do something that, um, you know, with my hands and, and that didn't exactly translate into, into, into cars immediately, but I, I, I came back around. So as long as you're, you're trying to, you know, find those pieces in, in yourself and connect them back to, you know, to something that you're passionate about. Um, I think, I think you'll be successful at, at, at any company, you know, whatever the mission of the company is. Um, uh, yeah. You know, we, we, we do some uh, mentorship programs here, and, and that's what I always try to tie back. Try to find something that you, um, you know, one of your strengths that you're, you're you're constantly chasing, and see how you can turn it into a career. Now, now we're in a in a um, in a time where you can make careers out of things that we never thought you could. You know, you can be a, a YouTube star and and uh, run social market. You know, uh, social marketing and and you know, this didn't exist back then. So uh, I'm, I'm sure there'll be a bunch of, of those that, you know, you just have to keep your eye on. Yes. Well, thank you. So my last question, my favorite wrap up question, Oscar, is why IAUG? Why do you think somebody should join IAUG and use their resources and become a part of our, our group? I think simply for the networking. Um, it, I think that's, I think that's the most powerful thing that we offer uh, you know, being able to meet people and, and that you can learn from, that you can bounce ideas off of, um, people that have done it before. Um, and, and it, it's a small industry, so you're going to run into them, you know, time and time again. So, you know, not only are you, are you leveraging each other's skills and abilities, but I'm sure you're going to see them down the road. I've, I've run into, you know, especially here in, in the Valley, in the Silicon Valley, you just run into people time and time again and it, it's good to maintain those connections but um helping each other out networking for for future opportunities um uh, and um you know whether that's um through our website whether that's through our local chapters you know there, there's plenty of channels and, and and ways that you can connect um but um it, it just even if you're a small shop a small telecom shop a small team um you know, there's, there's so many ways that you can get support from the rest of the community, um, that, you know, like connecting it back to what I said earlier, like, you know, before Google was around, you really had to search for stuff and, and even, and even in, and, and you know, by communications and, and, and telephony and telecom, there's, there's still stuff out there that is, you know, that is not documented that, you know, you could, you could find some help for through the IAUG community. Awesome. Well, Thank you so much, Oscar. We really appreciate you coming on and chatting with us today. Hey, thanks, Kaylin.
Thank you so much for joining us for season three of the IAUG Insider Podcast. Don't forget, register for a VIA Engage. Early bird registration ends early to mid-November. And be sure to keep an eye out for our new landscape of IT professional development webinar series that is continuing through the end of October. Finally, our new season of the IAUG Insider Podcast will be coming out early to mid-November, so be sure to subscribe today. The IAUG Insider Podcast is brought to you by the International Avaya User Group, the world's largest international organization for communications technology professionals. Each episode is written, organized, and hosted by me, Caitlin Malinowski, and produced and edited by Katie Morton.